Hey, what's going on, motivators? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. I believe today is the 6th or 7th? 7th of uh, January 2023. Pretty nice day. A little overcast, a little chills with 42 degrees. But that's actually preferable to these balmy temperatures that we have had, right? Hots and colds and holidays and no holidays, holiday hangovers, people being, uh, aka people being deposited on the far side of such a good time, you know, such excitement, such richness of experience and food and beverage and all these things. It's wonderful and it stresses people the fuck out. And this has been a crazy week. It's been three days. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I worked back to the office. Things were were busy, but zany, man. People trying to get in, people missing, canceling, and all kinds of shit. Just stressed out, you know? They don't know what to do with themselves. That's why I go to the gym, okay? And that's where I'm heading right now, by the way. Heading down to Planet Fitness. And I'll stop at my office in Lowe's and so on and so forth. Head on back to the house, do some home improvement shit, paint the wall that we just kind of spackled and fixed up, fix a little kitchen table that's a little fucking rickety, wonky, clean and organized for the for the new year, the first full week in the new year coming up. So I hope you're all doing well, you know? I have a cool quote I want to share with you. And I'm a, I'm a collector of quotes. You know? Inspiring stuff. Thoughtful stuff. That's that's what I want to put out into the world in 2023. To continue to do that, um, rather. Because I, that is my, my method. That's what I do. And it's one of my... Uh, it definitely works for me and for other people get positivity out there, right? So the, the quote that I just shared yesterday, which I love, I probably quote, I probably shared it numerous times before over the years. It is, um, the world is full of good people. If you can't find one, be one. And I, I can't speak to the, uh, the author of that, but Think about that. The world's full of good people. Can't find one, be one. You know, I think it was Thursday. Thursday, I thought of this couple. This is the guy who I interviewed a while back. He was a uh, Buddhist monk. And I thought of him because I would run to him, run into him and his wife at the gym. They're patients, both of them. They... She's an acupuncturist. They're both in their 70s. Um, tremendous story about them where they lived in this community in California that got destroyed by fire and people died and they moved back here to his home of record and here they've remained. And just really interesting people. I love them. So I thought of them. I hadn't seen them for a while even though I would run into them at Planet Fitness all the time. Well... 
what I did, uh, I, I, he answers and I, hey, what's going on, man? Just wondering where your lazy asses are. And he goes, lazy asses? Our lazy asses have been in the gym every day. You know, let's come, let's change your schedule a little bit, you know? So, what's that? So then I go in yesterday morning at 6, 6.30, 7, and as I'm leaving, there he is walking out of this aerobics room. And I said, hey, and you know, he had a big smile on his face, like, aha, see, here I am, and here you are. And we fist bumped, and I gave him a hug, and uh, let me feel good about, feeling good about the world, you know? So anyway, more positivity in 2023. The other quote is, if you are, I don't want to booger this, let me try it though. If you are afraid of suffering, if you are scared of suffering, you are suffering because you're afraid. Something like that. Let me me pull that up. a good one. When there is no enemy within, enemies outside cannot hurt you. He who fears suffering already suffers from his fear. He who fears suffering already suffers from his fear. How about that? Think about that. Because if you're anxious about something, about suffering, about losing... You're already losing, you're already suffering because you're being fearful. I mean, excessively. You know what I'm saying? So he who fears suffering is suffering because of the fear. So it's like this vicious cycle or vicious circle or whatever the the part of speech is there. I'm going to figure that out. Is it vicious cycle or vicious circle? A cycle is circular. So, could be either. But we got to figure out. All right. So, check this out, man. This isn't positivity, right? This is, uh, unfortunately, it's a matter of true crime and national headlines. And, and we, I always tell you folks to steer clear of the news ticker, right? Because it'll make you depressed. Okay, I'm back. So that was Mrs. O. She's coming back from her hair appointment. Makes her happy. She's happy, everyone's happy. You understand what I'm saying? Happy wife, happy life. So, back to the true crime. This Dick Wad, who uh, they just arrested for that, uh, what they're calling the college roommate murders or whatever, the Idaho student murders out there it's a fucking terrible thing it's like something you would that would you, you see on a dark Netflix documentary or something like that now some people are into like the true crime stuff people like Silence of the Lambs which was a great movie um, or they like 
you know, I remember years ago on HBO, when I was a freaking little guy, there was a, a documentary about this guy called The Iceman. He was a mob hitman. hitman. Um, and then all the serial killer shit, Dexter and all that. I have never seen that. Or American Psycho or whatever. Um, but we're aware of these things. You might be aware of these things. People are interested. They'll read up on this sort of stuff. All the, you know, the many. If you don't think you do, I'm sure you've read a Stephen King novel or some sort of whodunit. It usually involves murder or malice or something like that. So this guy, I'm not even going to fucking name him. It's like Beetlejuice, you know. The name is freaking, you know, drop his name. He's from PA. His home of record is Pennsylvania, like up there in um, just beyond the Lehigh Tunnel, I believe. I know that because I was talking to a patient yesterday who, in raising money for a missions trip, she wound up going up and somehow as an affiliation with this church. And he must have been a parishioner there or something. And she said she spent like an hour with the guy talking. And though her spidey senses came off, came, you know, were activated because the guy was a little creepy, you know, she sensed that he, she's a, a real true believer uh, in the Word and the Lord and all that, Christianity, so she, you know, it's a comfortable setting for her, so she was, you run to weird people all the time, you know, we're always assessing people and their character, the perception of their character, right, so she freaking, a year ago or more, she was raising money for this mission trip out to, that took them out to, on a hiking trip out in Arizona or Montana or something, this this killer, this young man, he was out there. He was up in, in, at this church and was present for this whatever presentation or whatever they were doing. She she had spoken to him. She said for like a like an hour. And I don't I don't know if that means directly him, but she knew his name. Yeah, you know, sometimes when people like just like I'm telling you. That as far as 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 far away as it might seem, you might have seen assume terrible things like this happen. Like, oh, that's happened in Idaho. That doesn't affect us. You know, I'm telling you because I know somebody who's in this dickhead's presence. And not too long ago. So I'm glad he's been arrested. I'm glad that, you know, hopefully the families of the murdered have some sort of closure. I feel like there's going to be justice done. I read just read an article about it this morning, all the forensic evidence that they have and all the uh, agencies working together, FBI, local law enforcement, etc., in order to get this guy and how they did it, how they're doing it. And I guess January 12th, they're going to have a preliminary hearing. But 
of course, what is particularly creep, you know, creepy about it, you know, murders happen, whatever, They're, you know, whatever drives somebody to do something crazy like this. This guy was like a criminology student, like he was interested in true crime. He was studying, he got a, you know, pursuing degrees in criminal justice and wanted to get an internship at the police department to uh, show them how to use some of his skills and working on a, he completed a master's in, or uh, a psychology degree, then a master's in criminal justice and criminology, and now working on his PhD. So wanting to go all the way with an education. You have a, if you have a graduate level education in criminology, you understand something about, you know, the patterns of criminals and how they how they act, how they behave, what drives them. And in this case, obviously, it was more than just some intrigue. This guy was into it. And he got way fucking into it. And so we'll see. It'll be revealed, I'm sure, with all this evidence that they have. Exactly, you know, what his motivations were and all the little steps he took along the way. You know, to justify, to explain, somehow explain how he wound up waking up at like 3 o'clock in the morning or staying up all night and then driving over to this college, you know, house, townhome and killed four people and walked out and tried to cover his tracks and did all this stuff and yeah, all this to say that, uh, you know, I know somebody who knew this guy. I also knew know someone who worked with this guy from, was it Sellersville, Percocy? There was a murder, a husband murdered a wife. I don't know, I don't think there was tremendous, you know, seemed like a normal guy, this uh, this friend of mine worked with him. He, I guess he drove a truck for the Postal Service or UPS or something like that. He drove a, you know, like an 18-wheeler. And he was in love with another woman. And started looking up, like, you know, what do I do? You know, I you know, create a lot of havoc. Whatever. I guess he felt like it would be easier just to kill and... and get rid of his wife rather than um, tell her that he wanted a divorce. Who knows what the fucking situation was, but I mean, people are absolutely crazy, and they'll still do some nutty things. Because, and I say crazy, because if you think in the year 2022, 2023, that you can commit a crime like this, Oh, yeah. If you think, if you're compelled in any way to do something malicious, to commit a crime, and you think that you're going to actually, there's a chance you're going to get away with it, you're, you're absolutely insane. Like this Koberger guy, okay, he's 
I'm into crime, say, maybe I'll commit one. That into it, I want to, I want to really be, I'm going to become what I'm, what I'm trying to understand, trying to destroy, maybe, trying to take all these criminal justice classes. I'm going to be, I'm into the law, I'm into catching these criminals, and, and then you find yourself somehow wanting to switch sides and be a villain, be a killer, be a terrible human being, you know? And both of these cases have occurred recently, and uh, to talk to somebody that knew them, you know, the, the, the latter, this guy who was a UPS driver or whatever, I've run into a couple people, I know people who knew him or knew her, the, the woman who was killed, and they have this, there's this, again, maybe it's in a similar context in which I'm telling you, it's like, it's particularly eerie when you know some, when you, you know someone who knows that person and could swear that they were, there was nothing that really raised an eyebrow or made you feel like it could ever be possible for this person to to commit murder, commit a heinous crime. Break. So, I'm back here. Had to stop in my office. So, hey, listen, not the most pleasant thing to talk about, but it's an interesting phenomenon nonetheless. I don't really know what to say about it, other than this is a truly crazy world. When you drive around and you, uh, Tend to your daily business. You know, this isn't on your radar. This isn't the sort of stuff that you you think about or you consider or you concern yourself or worry about. But when I shared this with my wife last night, she said that Somebody shared, somebody told her a statistic whereby, you know, the likelihood that you're going to run across a, you know, murderous criminal in your, in your, uh, daily routine, not daily routine, but, uh, at some point in your life is, is pretty high. Not surprising because we're all connected, you know, I said that before. We are all connected in this in this life in this world. Even though we feel like we are, we have some kind of autonomy or plans that we are getting underway, or we're in some way isolated from uh, the slings and arrows of this crazy ass world. We are part of the world. You know, we live in it. We drive through it. 
we are subject to it. So I'd like to say, fuck this guy, man. Anybody that would hurt another person, another human being, fuck that. We see how the world will try to coerce us to do this sort of stuff. Like earlier in the week, I was touched and I shared with many people. Come on, fuckheads. I shared with a great many people the uh, New Yorker documentary and the podcast that was featuring. I don't know how the fuck you're going to do it, bro. I'll let you go. Come on, back up. Guy's got his head up his asshole. So the New Yorker podcast, or the New Yorker fucking video, and the podcast, um, Real Ones. About the Marine who went to, uh, you know, 25 years in service and brought all these terrorists to justice post 9-11 and so on and so forth thought that he knew what a what a bad guy looked like and decided that you know Muslims were bad guys and extrapolated that onto every Muslim just ignorance and um, fear and reflecting upon that, that quote that I shared earlier. It's akin to uh, JFK saying, all we have to fear is fear itself, right? We're scared of being scared. <laughs> so we're scared. No way to live a life. And so we don't. We just kind of go through our lives and we tend to our daily business and do our best and along the way, there are stresses and things that we worry about, which are typically little things, you know, managing our schedule, getting everything just right so that it all doesn't come toppling down. But while we're doing that, there's some truly fucking real idiots out there. And as I'm, you know, Mr. Empathy, Mr. Empathetic, you got to also measure, the, uh, balance that with a measure of uh, vigilance. You know what I mean? You have to be aware because you could be my, like my friend, just a well-meaning Christian parishioner trying to fund her um, missions trip next summer. You could have some dickhead in the audience who, uh, or even a supporter, or even a fellow believer, or whatever, that's up to no good. And unbeknownst to you, you are, there's a wolf in your presence. So you can't be a sheep. You also can't walk around fucking scared of everything, you know, scared about everything and everyone in this world. You have to trust, you have to cast some. Um, to chill out a little bit, you know what I mean? And just understand that you can only do your best in this world. Can't go through the world paranoid. Can't go the world like a freaking 
babe in the woods, you know, like a, like you're naive. So you have to balance that some, some way, somehow. And then these truly crazy things happen, like, like I've just described. And somehow you have a, even a tiniest connection with somebody who, who knows one of these people. It kind of, um, it shakes you a little bit. I remember when I was a kid, I'm trying to think if we had anything like this go on in our hometown. I'm sure we did. Oh, yeah. How about this one? Uh, I remember there was a, a, a kid who's really pretty bad. He's one of the bad kids. One of the kids that went out to a place called the Game Farm. Game Farm was like a, a place where rather than, than school, they would you go to the Game Farm. No, I go to the Game Farm. It's like, Jesus. You knew that that kid was really troubled. Broken homes, substance abuse, in and out of juvenile. They went to the game farm instead of our local public schools. And I don't know what game farm fell under. But these kids definitely needed supervision. So I knew a few, I know a few kids, quite a few kids who went to the game farm. And I can picture them right now, not all their names, but I, I remember their faces and I could cough up their names. Because many of them hung out together. And so it's kind of like a criminal's training ground in a sense. You know, quite a few of them are dead or in jail. So this kid, this one kid, he, uh, he grew up in a, I guess, a pretty troubled home. And something happened, and his drunk dad beat him one too many times. And he pulled out a frickin' shotgun. They were big hunters and stuff like that. And he frickin' shot, killed his dad with a shotgun right in the front lawn. I remember that. I don't know, whatever. He disappeared for a while. I think he's back. Um... When other terrible dramas happen in our community. There was a kid who hung himself out in the woods. Um, I'm sure there are murders just like there are in every every town and abusive situations and so on and so forth. Anyway. It's out there, man. There's some crazy, grisly shit going on. And uh, you can't let it change us, though it does. You know, it makes us, here I'm talking about this. I'm talking about this at length when I'd rather be doing something than talking about uh, something inspiring. This is part of it all. Just like, you you know, I've talked about how, you know, you've got the good, the yin and the yang, right? You've got, think about that, that black and white representation. you got the good. Which, you know, we often depict it as white in that symbol. And the bad is the black. And then you got a little bit of uh, bad in the good. Black dot in the white background. And a little bit of good in the bad. White dot, black background. And that's life. And that's people, these human beings, as I watch them drive around, course through the parking lot here at Lowe's and load things up into their vehicles and with their wives and husbands and 
corralling kids and they're going through their life and they're doing the same thing that the rest of us are. Trying to do their best and make sense of it all and keep their head above water. Every once in a while something freaking absolutely zany like this shit will happen. And they'll be like, holy shit, man. You hear about that such and such? Oh, yeah, he was from, uh, I know somebody who went to church with him. Oh, I know somebody, I drove a truck with that guy. He was nicest guy in the world. I never could have seen it coming. I think that's the that's the worst of it, I'll, in closing, because i got to go to Lowe's now. But I think that's one of the most troubling thing about this sort of stuff is that find the right way to articulate this. You didn't see it coming, right? Person was relatively unassuming, not a clear villain day to day. In fact, held down a job, raised a family, you know, had dreams and aspirations of being a good guy or gal and something. What was it made that person crack? made that person make this terrible decision to take from something that wasn't theirs or to hurt somebody in a terrible way, unspeakable way. It's like a loss of, of someone's humanity. And, um, you know, I mentioned the the 25-year Marine before. That's a completely normal thing, right? We, we, um, we revere, we honor our veterans, right? And we know that they go out and do grisly jobs and they, you know, poke hose, holes in people with machine guns and however, you know, bombs and everything else. And we're like, okay, well, that's, that's just necessary. That's war. You know, it's terrible, but it, those guys were going to kill us. And that's true. Very real in a sense. I would have done it. I saw Prince Harry just caught a snippet of it. And he's writing his memoirs and going public with all this bullshit about the royal family and tired of hearing about it. And my wife loves him. He said that he killed, he estimates, maybe 25 um, terrorists as an Apache gunship pilot. So a big uh, war helicopter he piloted. Sure, those guys are killing people all the time. He, 25 people, 25 um, terrorists, quote-unquote, it's probably the tip of that iceberg. But you don't say stuff like that. He's getting some uh, blowback from uh, the Taliban, of course. They're like, they're human beings. They were trying to go home to their families. Just like, you know, you know, they were, they were running or fighting back against an occupying force. I mean, they're heroes to them. And he's a hero to us or anybody in a unit that he defended and saved and responded to their call that they were enemies in the wire or something like that. You know what I mean? That shit happens all the time. My point is that we actually condone and encourage this sort of behavior when it's against an enemy. When it's calculated, hey, go kill these bad guys because they are um, they're trying to kill us or they're the enemy or whatever. And there are people whose job it is, namely the military, to go out and and, you know, take human beings out of the game. To disappear them and in doing that even if it's I think you know reflecting on my meager service 
when you're in that business, and it doesn't get more serious or sick than that, you know what I mean? The, the human being taking another human being's life, ending, ending them. There are certain circumstances that might warrant that. Like this guy now, who killed these four college students in a grisly way. He should die. I mean, they should poke his eyes out with a stick. It's easy to, to say that, you know. You know, death penalty. Erase this motherfucker, you know what I mean? I feel that way. I'm sure most people do. But even in doing that, we have to wonder, does it change us? Does it reflect upon our humanity? You know? That we would have to stoop to that level. That we would have to resort to that. It's an interesting topic of conversation. Anyway, it happens, so I'm just telling you. I know some folks who knew these killers, even slightly, and uh, that's fucking eerie. And in closing, it's like going back to that makes it particularly, you know, you, you don't, you don't. Um, it's particularly eerie when someone who is unassuming does something out of, out of the blue like this, you know. guy has a wife and a daughter and, uh, you know, largely good dude, drives a truck, co-worker, well-liked by his co-workers that he spends all this time with. I think the one from my friend went to CDL school with a guy, something like that, commercial driver's license, yeah? um, would never thought he would be capable of something like that. So when somebody who you know, somebody you're friendly with, you can judge their character and then they do something that makes you wonder if your judgment of character is fucking majorly flawed. You know? It's nuts. Alright. I'm gonna head in the lows. Have a great day. Huh!